everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's June. It's June 2nd. It's 2021. We have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by the Drizzy Man. Dre, what's happening, my friend? No, much. We're doing pretty good, Stevie. Just got a little um, sweat going on with baseball. Third place for our 100K on FanDuel. Hopefully it turns out well. Um, but other than that, just you know, trying to hang in there, start the month off right. My birthday month, so hopefully this has some good luck. All right. Um, birthday month indeed, and... I don't know how you run hotter than you did um, in May. So hopefully the birthday month um, crushes for you because um, you're you're on a little bit of a hot hot a heater. We'll we'll call it a heater. Um, like to see you crushing, man. I hope you keep it up here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know how either. I just I just I just try to do my best and you know just follow the statistics and go from there. All right, um, eight games. Let's break it down. And um, yeah, we get started with Minnesota at Baltimore. This game's currently sitting at a nine and a half total. It's Dominic against, I guess it's going to be Matt Harvey is what it sounds like, but we don't know how long he's really going to pitch into the game. Um, any interest here in Robbie Dominic? Uh, sorry. So I just got to, so I just have to bring it up real quick, but not not. I mean, as a cheap pitcher, um, you could possibly play him, but I I probably honestly am not going to. Um, I don't think there's no need. He hasn't gone what more than he he's gone a few. Um, sorry, he's gone a few innings, but nothing's special to me. And you know, as far as fantasy wise, his last outing wasn't too great against the Kansas City Royals. And I know Baltimore. Um, they're actually playing well tonight. Um, probably surprising a lot of people, but um, but I think Baltimore is a sneaky team that has some has some power on there, and so I don't think he's someone I can see myself getting to tomorrow at all. Yeah, overall, you know, Dominic is a guy with a low strikeout rate. He's not a big K guy. Um, it is only an eight game slate, but I don't think we're going to play a guy with a fifteen percent K rate. So I'm going to pass on Dominic, and it, it's really uncertain how far um, Harvey's going to go to this game. So, you know, Harvey, 18% K rate, really struggling um, just in general here. I'm probably going to pass on um, Matt Harvey as well. Um, any thoughts on him? Yeah, I'm not going to probably play him as well. Um, I just don't see the need to. I think that there's going to be some other pitchers probably in other games. I think I might want to get two more. Um, especially uh, with the way we have this slate going. Um, I think that's where I'm going to go. All right, let's talk bats in this game. Um, anything stand out to you for the Twins? Uh, for the Twins, it's like the pretty much we said Dominic is going to be the pit- pitcher. So, I mean, I don't. I would definitely um, don't mind targeting some of the uh, Twins for sure. Um, I definitely like uh, if – Nelson Cruz is in the lineup, but definitely will play him for sure. Uh, I like Karloff, Don, uh, Donaldson, um, and Sano. Um, those are like the, the main guys I would definitely target for sure. And Jorge Polanco as well um, on the twin side. Yeah, Karloff, if he bats fourth or fifth year, Garver got um, hurt in the game on Tuesday. So if he's out of the lineup, I, I think Karloff does bat like third or fourth year. Um, so I think overall the twins definitely a stack that I like, Um, you know, I don't know if I'd use them as like a full five man stack, but I think a three or four man stack here for the twins definitely makes a lot of sense with Harvey pitching. 
And then on the Baltimore side of things, I mean, you know, Dominic is not a guy that's going to blow the ball um, by anybody. So I think if you're wanting to play some of the cheaper bats here for Baltimore, I think they're very much in play. Um, Mancini's expensive, but if you're playing like Mullins and you're playing Franco and Galvis and Santander, like if you're attacking these cheap bats, you can get Mancini so easily that it doesn't really matter. So I think Baltimore is another team that like, I don't know if I'd five man stack them, but I definitely could see like a three or four man stack. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I will also throw a, a Galvis in there too. If he's in a lineup, I think he's someone that you could use tomorrow too as well. All right, we got Tampa going into New York. Um, McCallahan against um, Montgomery. This game's currently sitting at eight and a half total. The Yankees, a 126 favorite. Um, any interest here in McCallahan? I mean, I kind of maybe, maybe in GPPs. I know like 7.6 cases is a little bit of a steep price to pay, I get on DraftKings, but. I think well, on, a, on a two-pitcher side, I think that he can uh, – this this lineup, Yankees, even though they have a lot of power and it hits what that hits really well, I think they still have some strikeouts um, that he could possibly get to a little bit. So I don't mind getting to a little bit of, of, of McCallahan, but not a whole lot. More so of a GPP player, though, in my opinion. Yeah, my problem uh, with McCallahan is just – pitch count i don't he hasn't broke 100 or 80 pitches yet this season and i don't expect him to go too deep into the game the yankees overall this season have struck out a lot against left-handed pitching even though they can go very right-handed heavy they they've struck out a lot if we knew mccallahan was going to get like 100 pitches at 7600 i think he'd be very much in play but we saw him throw his best game of the season last time out against kansas city and they only let him go 63 pitches so i mean I just don't trust the pitch count. And even on an eight-game slate with very limited pitching options, I still want to be kind of careful um, on playing a guy that's only going to get 80 pitches. And then Jordan Montgomery on the other side, this is a guy that has put up some big games this season, including a 30-point game against this team, Uh, you know, including a – I think he got blown up by this team too um, to start the season – he got blown up. Yeah, he got blown up. Then he put, went and pitched a decent game against them. So, um, and then went on to have a phenomenal game against them. Yeah, so, I mean, the range of outcomes are very wide here. Tampa is one of the highest strikeout teams against left-handed pitching in baseball. We are looking at an eight-game slate. Montgomery is 9,300. Don't love the price, but I like the matchup, and I like the, the opportunity to score over 30 because we honestly don't have a ton of pitchers that can do that on this slate. I agree. Um, I agree with that whole sentiment. I don't like the price a lot. Uh, I can't. I, I really don't. But with the way pitching is, I think he's a good option. It's only that we're going to have to probably consider it t- tomorrow or today. Um, bats in this game, as far as Tampa goes, I mean, a Rose Arena against the lefty is always fine. Zanino against the lefty is always fine. Um, but that's really it. Like this seems very left-handed heavy. And I, I don't like lefty-lefty matchups. And Jordan Montgomery is a lead against left-handed hitters, too. Um, that's why he has the opportunity to pitch so well here because they are, they're going to have Lau and Meadows and Wendell and Kiermaier in the lineup, likely. Um, it just depends on, like, if Phillips and Troy plays, too. So um, I'm not going to go out of my way to play Tampa Bats in this game. 
Yeah, I, I agree with the sentiment there. I don't, I don't think Tampa is going to be a top target. They, they're going to be someone maybe to get uh, – maybe just, if anything, a mini stack, honestly, tomorrow that I'm going to probably be on a little bit. So I, don't, I like playing sometimes, you know, the opposite side of the game. So a pitcher that um, has a – well, has, he has a wide range of outcomes. So he we've seen them where they could possibly have a good game. So I like doing that a little bit, mixing it up. Um, and obviously the Yankee bats, I – uh, I I know you, you I know you didn't speak about them yet, but I I love the Yankee Yankee bats tomorrow. Um, they're probably I I can imagine them being probably one of the highest home teams targeted on the slate tomorrow, but um for a good reason. But they have to also be careful because they do strike out a lot. Yeah, I mean the Yankees are definitely in play. The the only issue that I have with both sides bats in this game is like we have two of the better bullpens in baseball. And we have two managers that have no issues going to the bullpen early. Um, so, I mean, that that's always where it's tough to, like, stack against good bullpens is because you really need, like, McCallahan to get crushed in the first, like, three innings for your stack to have the bad part of the Tampa bullpen. Um, because if it's like a one or two run game, you're getting good bullpens on both sides. So, I mean, that's where I'm hesitant a little bit to play the Yankees, but I mean, it's a four game slate. It's in Yankee stadium. It's a good hitters ballpark. So like everything lines up to definitely getting some exposure to the Yankees here. Oh, sorry. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Sorry. I, 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 but no, I agree with that whole, um, the whole that 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 in general. I, I like to me though on the Yankee side, I would just like mainly target more guys like like honestly, probably like DJ guys. I know they can get the ball in place. Like DJ Lemayu, someone I would definitely target a lot more. Um, as far as even if I go go with a few one offs in this game, um, or that instead of a whole stack, uh, he's someone that I. I like have high on my radar tomorrow for sure. We got Miami at Toronto. This game's currently sitting at an eight and a half total. Toronto's a 146 favorite here. Pablo Lopez against Alec Monoa. Um any interest here in Pablo Lopez? I mean what's his price at? He's at ten thousand tomorrow. I mean granted the park is a little bit of a better upgrade for sure, um, but I, I, um, I have a little bit. <laughs> he, he's going deep into games. The last two games, seven innings. The last two, um, two times to play against the Philadelphia with the Phillies and against the Mets. Um, and his ERA is at two point seven one. I, I don't mind it for sure. But ten cases is a steep price to pay. Even though I know the park is a little bit better from um, from a Toronto perspective from what they were before at the beginning of the first two seasons. I mean, the first two months of the season. Sorry. Yeah, they've gone from Tampa to Buffalo. Um, I know I said Tampa on the podcast yesterday. I forget who tweeted me. I'm going to look it up really quick because I like giving people shout outs when they, you know, they get me. Um, it was random poker guy. Um, I appreciate <laughs> you tweeting me. Um, yeah, so they're done with the Florida park. They're up in Buffalo. It's still a hitter-friendly ballpark. It's not a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Um, plays much nicer than the Tampa ballpark. The thing that's, like, super interesting here about Pablo Lopez is he's really good against righties. 32% K rate, 267 Woba against righties uh, since the start of last season. 
this lineup is very right-handed heavy. Um, so I could see Lopez pitching well. I hate the price tag of 10K. I think that's the biggest like drawback to taking a shot on Lopez here. Um, Alec Manoa on the other side of this game is my favorite pitcher on the slate. Um, I was very impressed by the start against the Yankees. Talked about him in depth last time he was going to start. The game got rained out and he pitched the next game against the Yankees and absolutely dominated in 88 pitches. Um, this is a very, very high prospect, talented pitcher. Um, you know, I think this is, a, he's top five in the Blue Jays organization and they have one of the better farm systems in baseball. So I, I think this is a great spot for him going up against Miami. I expect him to be really popular, especially putting up 29 fantasy points in his first game. And honestly, I'm still going to play him. I agree. Um, I agree with that. Like Against Miami, too, um, even though Miami's been, been – they not have been good, good this year as they were last year. There's a lot of strikeouts in that lineup of all up and down it. And and I, I think he's going like to said, the top player in the slate as far as pitching-wise. And that price at 8200 is not a bad price to pay for him, especially on uh, on FanDuel and on on I mean I mean on DK on FanDuel at 10K with his, his being that most expensive pitcher. I mean you got Walker Bueller underneath coming up later in the arm that we have that we haven't talked about yet, but he still might be worth paying paying top dollar on, on FanDuel too, just for that reason alone. And and like you said, his upside. Yeah, I think he could potentially be lower owned on FanDuel with Bueller there. Um, Bueller is a fine option. We're going to talk about him here in a few minutes, but I, I think, like I said, I think this is a great spot for Alec Manoa. Um, I have zero interest in the Miami bats. There's, I think six guys in this lineup with strikeout rates over 25% against righties. So, I mean, this is a guy with big strikeout stuff. I'm going to pass on these bats here. I agree. I, I don't like anyone from the Miami side tomorrow. Um, probably gonna just full fade him and eliminate him from my from my player pool tomorrow. Um, I just don't see a reason to get to him at all. Um, on a ter- sorry, I talk about the Toronto side real quick if you don't mind. Because go ahead, like, man, talk about I, him. I kind of like some of uh, I like some of the bats, even though I know Pablo Lopez has been pitching well, but I think at that price he's a little bit too high. So. Um, this is just their good GPP team to target. I think they're probably going to be um, less on than what they should be. To what they should, a little bit less on than what I think they should be tomorrow. Uh, but throughout the whole lineup, Marcus Simeon, I think he's going to be there. Teoscar Hernandez, if, if he's placed, if he's in the line tomorrow, which I think he will be, and Gary L. Um, those are like some of my top plays that I love from the from that team tomorrow for sure. I mean, they should be low owned. I don't have a ton of interest in Toronto. It's more of, I just respect Pablo Lopez against righties. So Vlad is just, he's ripping the cover off the ball right now. Um, He's in play every single day. So I completely understand and understand why uh, you like it. I'm just, I'm a little iffy. It's not like we're getting a discount. Um, And I don't think Pablo Lopez is going to be chalk at 10 K. So like, that's where I run into problems. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be chalky either at the at the price of ten k. But I was like, I, I think some of the bats are just good contrarian pieces. Like even like even if he's in the lineup, which I think he will be, Telez, Rowdy Telez, I think he he can definitely do some damage against Pablo tomorrow. All right, we got Washington at Atlanta. It's John Lester against Drew Smiley. The two crafty lefties facing off here. 
It's a nine and a half total. Atlanta's a 151 favorite. Um, any interest here in John Lester? Whew. No. I just can't play him. Um, he's not, he hasn't – obviously, we know he's a lot older, but he hasn't looked the shell of himself at all. I, I, he, this is a full fade for me tomorrow. Yeah, I had zero interest. Um, Lester is a pitch-to-contact guy. Good against lefties, terrible against righties. Acuna, Riley, Albies, Swanson, Contreras, all righties. I'm going to pass on Lester here. Um, any interest in Drew Smiley on the other side of this game? Honestly, I I do a little bit, but not a lot. Um, I know he and I know he's had a good games against them. His first two outings uh, or decent games, and at seven two at seventy two hundred on DK, it's a it's a fair price, um, but. This Washington team can get hot, um, so I'll, I'll, I'm not. I'll take some shots from the GPPs for sure, but um, I don't know how much I want to be able to get to him. Probably get to him. I'll say maybe like ten to fifteen percent tomorrow. Yeah, my issue, and I, you know, I said this with Max Reed yesterday. Max Reed's a good real life pitcher. Washington just doesn't strike out very much against left-handed pitching, and. I mean, when you're putting the ball in play, obviously you're relying a lot on like BABIP and stuff like that. So I just struggle playing Smiley in this spot. 7,200 is not a terrible price tag. Maybe you take some shots if you're playing um, a large field tournament and you're just trying to take it down. He put up 20 against this team earlier this season. There's no reason that he couldn't do it again. Um, I think he's boom bust. And I think Washington is a somewhat interesting team to kind of look at here because, you know, obviously you got Trey Turner at the top and you got Juan Soto, but I mean, the rest of the stack is really, really cheap and there's some good pieces like Josh Harrison, 3k at second base batting probably second here. I mean, I think Washington's a team we could look at, you know, again, maybe like a secondary stack um, on this slate. I agree. I agree with that. Um, is to me, I I know, I know the secondary stack, but you get the also maybe concerned as a as a as a main stack too. Definitely, um, always consider any team as a main primary stack. But um, Washington, this been I think they're just coming along a little bit better at the right time now. The season two, hitting the ball really well as um, the past couple games. Um, I I definitely could see myself getting to them for sure. Uh, Atlanta, they're probably one of my favorite stacks in the slate. John Lester is a pitch-to-contact type of guy, especially against righties, and this lineup is stacked at the top. Um, I could see Atlanta hanging a crooked number against John Lester and Lester not even make it out of like the third or fourth inning here. I can definitely see that, and I wouldn't be surprised. They're, they're probably going to be the most chalkiest stack tomorrow. Um, Ronald Acuna, there's no reason to not love him. Freeman, this, this Albies, everyone up and down the whole line of Riley. Um, just name some of just the names, a few of them, but any one of those guys could could is, is gonna probably much be in my line tomorrow, um, for sure. Um, and uh, who do I this one guy I think that's all down here that I did like a little bit if he's in the lineup? Where is he? Sorry, I'm trying to find him. Uh, talking about Amante at 2k. Yes, sorry, <laughs> I was trying to go yeah, you're good. tomorrow. But yes, I I, I think he's a, a fantastic play tomorrow if he's going to be in the lineup. Yeah, he should be in there. He's kind of filling in right now for Ozuna. Ozuna 
on the IL with the, I think he got arrested and he had like the finger issue. Uh, so he has a lot going on. Uh, Zuna does right now. So Amante got called up. He was in the lineup um, the last two days. So uh, another guy, like like you said, he, he could potentially crack the lineup here. And I mean, he just hit six um, yesterday against a, a righty. So mm-hmm. with a lefty on the hill, maybe maybe we see him hit in a decent spot again. So I like that call. Good call. Uh, 6K or 2K is is very, very nice on an eight-game slate. Boston at Houston. We got Pavetta against Valdez facing off in this one. Um, this game's currently sitting at a nine total. Houston's a 128 favorites. Um, any interest here in Nick Pavetta? Mm, I, have, I have some interest, yes. Um, even though I know Houston is playing a little bit, have been playing a little bit better. Um, but uh, it's just going to be. It's, I'm going to have. To, I'm going to gauge it tomorrow based on the ownership and see how they, how honestly people are feeling about Houston tomorrow. But I definitely have some interest in Nick Pavetta for sure, even though his ERA is a little bit high. But uh, and but he has the strikeouts I think for this matchup where he can um, succeed in this in in this matchup. Sorry. I mean, he shouldn't. But Garrett Richards shouldn't have succeeded on tuesday and he is houdini out on the hill so why can't nick pavetta be houdini um on a normal slate uh, man i can't pay 8700 for not for nick pavetta i'm a red sox fan i watch these guys way too much and i mean nick pavetta's had some good games this season and he is certainly somebody that can pay off 8700 but it's so hard for me to watch the hard hit and fly balls that this guy gives up um, and want to roster him. So team bias, a hundred percent. I'm not even going to like try to hide it, but this dude has a 26% K rate on the season. He just gives up a lot of hard contact. Um, so you're really just kind of hoping that hard contact is at somebody if you're playing Nick Pavetta in this spot. But I mean, it's not like we have a ton of pitchers on this slate to choose from. I keep writing everybody off, but I mean, sure, maybe maybe Nick Pavetta's in play more than I let off, but uh, Valdez on the other side. I mean, this is a lefty facing the Red Sox. They got a, a lot of righties that they can throw at him. Valdez is decent, man. This guy's good. Um, he's a guy that it's like, all right, you know, seventy eight hundred. Maybe there's some upside here. Um, seventy two pitches in his first start after coming back from a fractured finger in spring training, like. 85 is probably close to what we could see here for Valdez. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, I mean, he's definitely a better play. What is his price on FanDuel real quick? Sorry. I know he's definitely a good player on uh, on DK. And Valdez, I mean, uh, do you think he's, he's going to go into where he can be, get the quality start on FanDuel? Because I don't, I don't know. I mean, second game back, six innings. I, I don't know how they're gonna really work him into it like that because of his hand. Well, how do you feel about that? I think it's a little risky to get the quality start. Um, I think he gets eighty-five pitches max. Yeah. So, yeah, and especially against the Boston Red Sox in that lineup. Honestly, I, I personally don't think I can play him tomorrow. Um, I might want to even I know the price is, is good on both sides and we're limited with pitching a little bit, but I don't think he's someone I can consider tomorrow just because of the matchup and again, and he's going against Boston. 
Um, Boston Bats, what do you like here for the Red Sox? I love the whole lineup up and down. Um, uh, I definitely love, uh, obviously, J.D. Martinez, uh, Devers, and Bogars. Those are some, those are definitely some of my favorites for sure. Um, I even do, I do like getting a little bit to somewhat, somewhat the bottom of the lineup too as well. Um, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Paulinic. Um, if he's going to be Kevin Paulinic, if he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow, I don't mind taking a shot at him for sure. Um, I mean, he's a catcher, and we always like to stack your catchers and those Stevie with your lineups. But I think he's someone that that I think can uh, be really good tomorrow. And I also do like the uh, block, uh, yeah, the black. I like him a lot tomorrow as well. Pretty much the Red Sox. I think they they're they're a good team. I think to target in tournaments, uh, mini stack, full stack, any way you want to stack them. I, I just I just love them. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, thirty three hundred. Um career very very good against lefties throughout his whole career kiki hernandez should bat lead off he's 3900 and obviously if you're stacking the red sox you better have jd martinez in there and xander bogarts so cheap pieces to build around the two like key pieces um i mean devers is somebody that is i guess in play but he's kind of expensive and valdez i mean he's not typically a guy that gives up a lot of power to lefties and Devers is kind of bad against lefties, and by kinda, he's bad against lefties. So, um, just kind of being nice. Uh, what do you like here for Houston? Houston, um, I like, I like getting to like some of the like the the mid range players from them. Like, um, even though I know we got Bregman and Jose Altuve up top of the names, uh, but I like Carlos Correa. Gariel, um, those are like the two players I look at a little bit. Um, and I do if if Kyle Tucker is in the lineup, I I definitely like getting to him for sure. He's been playing really well lately. Um, I think that can continue for sure. Oh, man, I think Houston is a stack you want to have some exposure to just because how much Pavetta gives up hard contact. There's a lot of power in this lineup, and they're not a typically like big strikeout team. So Tucker has been hitting the ball really well. Alvarez is back. Um, plenty of bats here for this Houston team to, you know, take Pavetta deep. So I definitely don't mind stacking Houston here. Uh, Tucker's still 3,500. Alvarez is 3,900. Um, this stack's actually pretty cheap overall. Yeah, I agree. It's very, very cheap. And that's why I think I think they're going to be targeted a lot just because for some fact of that, they're going to be cheap tomorrow. And and we don't really have a lot of pitching options so far. So I can see people, honestly, um, using the strategy of playing like some – maybe taking some chance on some pitching and playing the cheaper pitchers and trying to spend up on some of the stacks. So maybe they might get lost in the shuffle. We'll see. All right, we got Texas at Colorado – in core is this game has a 10 and a half total Colorado's a 112 favorite which is pretty much a pick em. uh Sensatella Jordan Lyles um any interest here in Jordan Lyles uh no uh, not at all um, yeah no go ahead can't do it no no I'm just I can't do it <laughs> so I mean L- yeah Lyles is a really low strikeout guy he, he struggles with command walks guys gives up a lot of hard contact I know the Rockies lineup's not great and I get that but I still don't think this is a spot that you can do it um, by any means. I, I just I'm, – I'm out. I'm out. Um, the other side of this game, I mean, Texas kind of stinks, but Sensatella is not great. 
I mean, Marquez is working out right now, knock on wood. Um, but since Attell is a 13% K guy, like when we were talking about Marquez on the podcast yesterday, he's a 23% K guy. It's a big difference. Um, so I need strikeouts when it comes to facing Texas because there's a lot of power in this lineup. So I'm going to pass on Sensatella. Do you have any thoughts on him? No, I agree with you because, like you said, this, the strikeout race what really gets me, um, and obviously got you too. So, the especially in cores, there's no reason to play someone unless they have to me. To me, I feel like you have to have like a like at least a like at least a 25, 26 strikeout rate for me to consider playing you in cores because that shows that you have elite and have some elite, are an elite pitcher or at least have elite um, strikeout ability. Um, as far as the Texas bats go, they're cheap again. Um, you know, Garcia's 5k, but the rest of the stack is just cheap. They're they they weren't as popular as I thought they were going to be on the 14 game slate, but I think they're going to be a lot more popular on an eight game slate at these prices. What's your thoughts here on Texas? I agree. Um, especially because it's going to be course field, everyone's going to uh, want to play that tomorrow, especially on a smaller slate. So to me, when it's something like this, what I've like sometimes I take I, I don't I don't take stands often, but I'm gonna have a little bit of exposure to this game, but not a lot, honestly. I'm gonna try to stay away from this game and target some other games. Um, just to, you know, try to see if I get out out beat court field, if, if that makes sense, or it or or have a higher projected um lineup with something else on the slate. Because like I said, I do like the Boston and, and Houston side. So Texas, you can you can definitely target them. They're they're great cheap stack for sure. Going to be highly pop, going to be very popular because of course. I'm playing them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I listen. I I get taking a stand, and I am always all about taking stands. But mm-hmm. I'll find like a low owned secondary stack or something to pair with Texas here because. Sensatella doesn't miss bats, and when these guys hit the ball, they hit it hard. Um, so the only thing that I will say about the biggest issue with stacking Texas is you got to use all three outfield spots, um, and I hate doing that. But, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going to have exposure to Texas here. Um, the Rockies on the other side of the, the ball here. I mean, Jordan Lyle is not a high strikeout guy either, and if Texas is going to be chalk – just go right over to the Rockies. I know they're more expensive, but the Rockies are in a great spot as well. And I mean, the, nobody's going to play them at these prices. They're going to, they were like less yeah. than 5% owned yesterday. Um, they're going to be low owned again. Yeah. Like McMahon, 5-6, Hampson, 5-6, Blackman, 5-4, Tapia, 4-8. Like they, those prices are steep to pay, but like you said, they're, they're, they're expensive. No one's going to play them. So, if, if anyone, since you're going to play that side, since you're going to play Texas side, Stevie, I'm, I'm going to play the Colorado side more. I'll make sure I have that too a lot tomorrow because I think, I think like you said, no one's going to want to play that. So, um, and pitching, I guess, when we go back to all the time, it's not really that good tomorrow. So, um, something I would definitely look at for sure. I mean, there's not really cheap pitchers to make Colorado work. You're you're just kind of taking shots um, on some of these cheap guys that are not great and – I mean, that's why everybody's going to play Texas instead because we're about to get to two games that have two stud pitchers um, that are very much in play. Uh, so 
yeah, two of the probably top three pitchers on the slate coming up. Uh, we got Walker Bueller, Carlos Martinez facing off in LA, taking on the Dodgers, um, St. Louis and the Dodgers. This game is currently at an eight total. The Dodgers are currently sitting at a 240 favorite over there on DraftKings right now. Um, big, big favorites. Uh, do you have any interest in CMART? No. I have, hold on. Sorry. I have a, I have a, no, no, I don't. No, the, Dodgers the Dodgers are starting to get healthy, man. Like, I know that um, Bellinger wasn't in the lineup on Tuesday, but I mean, he's just coming back and I feel like they needed to give him a day. So it doesn't shock me that he was out of the lineup on Tuesday. Um, this ge- this lineup's getting healthy. They're getting healthy. Corey Seager will be back soon, and like we're just going to be back to not playing pitchers against the Dodgers. There was a time this year where you could play pitchers against the Dodgers because they were so banged up, but that time has passed. Um, don't play pitchers against the Dodgers. And, I mean, Walker Bueller, I know I said Manoa's my favorite pitcher on the slate, Walker Bueller is the best option on the slate. He's going to go out. He's going to cruise in this game. He's going to pitch a really good game. He's going to be probably the highest owned pitcher on the slate. This is a very right-handed heavy team. The dude has a 28% K rate against righties. Um, Walker Bueller should cruise here. Um, Should cruise. Like, I don't really have anything bad to say. I agree, Um, which makes me love him even more. I'm going to definitely have a lot of exposure to Walker Bueller tomorrow, I think. Um, and and I don't mind eating that type of chalk. Um, and like I said, I'd rather pay. Um, I, I like I, I know people like playing the mid range pitchers too sometimes, but I do like paying up and making sure I have good pitchers in my lineup, especially if they're if we're not having a strong pitching slate because you want to make sure you at least get those get those twenty points, third twenty five, potentially even thirty. Um, and I think Walker Buehler definitely could do that in this spot. I go into every slate trying to get 50 from my pitchers. 50. 50. I mean, how often do you see winning tournament teams? I don't play cash games. Everybody knows that. How often do you see non-winning turn like winning tournament teams have under 50 combined pan- fantasy points from the oh, pitchers? Com- okay, combined. combined. No, 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 combined. Uh, I, I would say no. 50. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like no, 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 no. 50 50 <laughs> combined. I I feel like it, on days that you can like nail your pitching and get 50 points combined, you have a shot if your bats do anything. There's I days see. that your team's going to score a, a crap load of runs and you're going to have home runs everywhere and you're not going to need those pitchers to do that. But I think most days you're you're trying to target like 50 overall points from your pitcher. That's always what I kind of look at. Like what's winning a tournament right now is Robbie Ray Glass now. 50 point um quick math 50.85 so i mean that's it's right along what i'm talking about so there you go um yeah so yeah bueller's a great play all that aside um <laughs> <laughs> like and david price pitched for the dodgers on tuesday like that game's just getting started as we're doing the podcast now but that like he's only gonna likely go like two or three innings at max. So they're gonna use a lot of the bullpen. So Bueller he might even get a that. yeah, Bueller might even get a little bit longer of a leash here. We might see 105 instead of 90 for Bueller in this one. So I mean everything points to Bueller being good play here. Do you have any interest in the Cardinals bats? No. I'm not gonna play a single card. Well, I'm I'll probably play like a couple mini stacks, not gonna lie, but 
I'm not going to play him at a high efficient rate or or at all because I don't want to take the chance when I know how Bueller pitches. I know he can give. Obviously, everyone can give up a couple hits here and there and a few home runs, but I don't think that it's right to target um, these bats in this matchup. Carlos Martinez had his first six strikeout game of the season last time out. This dude has a 13.6% K rate on the season. You got a Dodgers lineup that is just absolutely juiced at the top. Um, I mean, the Dodgers are another stack that you can get off of course for on this slate. Yep. And that's one of the stacks I'm going to um, really target tomorrow. The whole lineup um, one through one through eight. Um, I like Mookie Betts definitely for sure. Muncie at the top, obviously the, the, the big name guys. Uh, with Turner and now we got Belger back in the lineup too. So um he's someone I'm definitely gonna target. Um if we have Gavin Lux in the lineup tomorrow, which I think he will be, um he's someone I, I I'd love to get at too. Um and even um Barnes uh if if he's in there too. That's someone I'm definitely gonna be targeting a lot. Um just just pretty much anyone from the Dodgers on that side. I think they're gonna be my my leverage stack that I'm gonna be using tomorrow to get off a of course personally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, this is definitely a spot that you should be looking at. Um, and, and like, I mean, I, I know I say stack the Dodgers almost every single day, but I mean, they're one of the best offenses in baseball and you could pretty much, they're pretty matchup proof. And when you get a pitcher that's not going to strike anybody out, I mean, the Dodgers have to be at the top of the list. Um, so I like them a lot. We finish out the slate with Oakland at Seattle. We got Sean Manai against Chris Flexen, eight total. Oakland's a 148 favorite. Um, Sean Manaya, 9,600. You know, you said double barrel. I think these are the top three guys, Manoa, Manaya, and Bueller. Um, and I don't think it's really close after those three guys. I agree. I, I agree hundred percent with you, Stevie. Um, and I'm gonna probably have a lot of Shamanaya tomorrow because I think the Seattle lineup, um, they're they're they I believe a couple of their players got hurt um, recently from from Korea. Kyle Lewis is now on the IL. Um, then you got Moore and Haggard and Haggerty just went into the IL and White. So to me, it, it's gonna be um, pretty much a, a a team that's not gonna that, that probably still hits pretty well, but I don't think that's gonna, that that hits de- actually probably hits decent, but not well. Um, so Manai is going to be probably definitely someone I'm going to have a lot of tomorrow as well. Um, probably gonna, I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't even mind using the strategy of playing paying up top uh, for Manaya and like a Bueller combination a lot. Don't be surprised if we see a lot of those um, in my lineup tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I probably only play those three guys. Um, I think there's plenty of value to make those three guys work. Texas kind of busting on Tuesday could potentially help with their ownership a little bit on this slate. I doubt it. It's eight game slate and since it stinks. Um, but yeah, I think Sean Manaya, you mentioned the injuries. Uh, like this isn't a team that's going to be able to throw a whole lineup of right-handed bats out there. Um, they're like, so if they do have like three or four lefties, Manaya has a 38% K rate against lefties since, uh, you know, with this, the season. So, I mean, this is a great spot for Sean Manaya. He should dominate this game. And the thing that I just absolutely love about Oakland is they let their guys pitch. Like he's going to get ninety plus pitches in this game if he's pitching well, and that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, do you have any interest in flexing on the other side of this game? Um, 
See the the price point of six six point eight is appealing, but I'd rather just no. I'm not gonna even do it to myself entertain it. No, I'll, I'll just get to I'll just get to um um to get to Shane McCallahan instead at, at a little bit more uh, a pay up a little bit more for that. So no, not really. Yeah, I mean Flexen has a 14% K rate since the start of last season. He just doesn't miss bats. He's a pitch to contact guy. He gives up a lot of hard contact. Oakland's not the most amazing lineup, but they're good enough where you know you're looking down up and down this lineup, and there's six guys with hard hit rates over 45%. Like that's not a great recipe for success. Um what are your thoughts when it comes to these bats? Um Oakland side. On the Oakland side, um, I'm gonna have. I mean, it's it's flexing, so you can you can still target the bats. Um, probably more so, you want to target a lot of the um, obviously the lefties, but um, you can go. I think with with the with some of like the good hitting righties in the lineup too, like like Matt Chapman, who probably will be like a little bit lower owned. Um, so the, to me, I like getting to those type, those sort of bats like Olsen, uh, Chapman, uh, Kana, uh, Kana, sorry, not Kana, but Kana, uh, and, and Sean Murphy, like the, like the normal guys in, the, in these times that, that hit the ball pretty well. Um, and then even, I guess, on, on, a, on a, like I've always do on the back end, uh, Pinder, who um, I know was in a lot of the last, last time um, – um, Oakland played. Uh, he's someone I'm definitely going to get to too as well um, and target. And then I, I do like the Oakland mini stack. Like that might be a team that I like try to stack with Texas if they're going to come in low on here. Um, Seattle, I have zero interest. I mean, you could play Mitch Hanniger and, and Ty France against the lefty, but I mean, I, I'm not playing anybody from Seattle here. Yeah, I can't either just because they're not. I mean, I'll play maybe a couple one-offs like Hanniger or, or Kyle Seeger, maybe potentially, but that that's really about it. I don't I don't see myself getting too deep into it. Um, but just taking some shots because you never know. It takes one home run that one guy hits a home run in your lineup, and it, it can be all it can make your whole night, especially on a smaller slate. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for Wednesday. Um, under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Hmm. I already know who your guy is. <laughs> um, huh. I'm going to... Uh, I'm, I'm, I, there's only one guy I can really see this doing this, and that's going to be actually no. I'm going to take a chance to say Drew Smiley. All right. Um, I'm probably going to go McCallahan against the Yankees. I think the strikeout upside is there. Um, I don't think it necessarily works out all the time, but I think it could work out once or twice. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust at the top today at pitching? John Lester. I mean, it's way too easy today. Um, way too easy today. I mean, I'm gonna go Pablo Lopez because I know I'm not paying 10k for him. Um, in this spot, I like a lot of these guys. Nick Pavetta would be the other guy, 
that I don't like um, in this range. I do think Montgomery is interesting. Uh, over 4K to hit a home run, and they can't be in course. Let's see, over, over 4K. I am going to – oh, it can't be in course. Okay. All right, I'm going to go and say uh, Bellinger. I'm going to stick to the Dodgers as well and go Max Muncie. Um, I went all in on Max Muncy on Tuesday, and that game's just getting rolling here. So hopefully it's like he hits one on Tuesday and it keeps it rolling into Wednesday. Um, hopefully he hits four on Tuesday with the way my lineups are shaking out. That would be fantastic. Um, under 4K to get two hits, can't be in cores. Who do you like on the cheap side today? On the cheap side? Yeah. If sorry, I'm trying to just find I'm trying to scroll down a little bit. I on the cheap side, I where is he from that game? I'm gonna say I I like I'm I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with a little bit of a theme here. I I I'm gonna go like a little bit of the Dodgers since I do like the Dodgers a lot tomorrow. I'm gonna use them a lot. I'm gonna go with Gavin Lux. All right. Um, give me Jed Lowry, thirty six hundred. Um, I do like Oakland today. Um, stack to score six or more runs again cannot be in course. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna say the Dodgers because that's too easy. I'm gonna go with Boston. I like Boston. All right. Um, I mean, so many, so many good options here. I mean, I'm going to go Baltimore. Robbie Dominic is not good. Pitch to contact guy. I think they're a really low owned, like um, potential breakout and could win you a slate type of stack here. Um, any bets standing out to you here night before? I actually haven't gotten a chance to a betting prop yet, but um, but just from us talking about it, I like the over um in that Boston Houston game. I think, All right, yeah. I, I think the over is going to happen for sure in that with the way the pitching is set up. All right. Um, I mean, I kind of like the over in the Minnesota Baltimore game. It's currently at nine and a half. Um. That's definitely one that I'm looking at here. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I always have like Monday through Wednesday, I do scores and odds. So if you guys want like the betting picks that I actually like have, you know, good thoughts on, like this is night before stuff, but um, yeah, scores and odds.com slash TVTPFL. Uh, it's in the comments of the podcast Monday through Wednesday and the NASCAR picks on the weekend. So check that out. But yeah, I think the one that is standing out to me the the most the night before Minnesota at Baltimore nine and a half total. Both of these pitchers kind of stink. I know Baltimore offense isn't great, but man, Dobinek is just not a guy that's typically going to dominate a lineup. So um, I'm gonna take the over in that game. Dre, it's always fun, my friend. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, take chances tomorrow. Don't don't. I know I'm not gonna say don't play Coors Field, but. But try to be a little bit different, I would say, um, than, than, than playing all course field. And I think you might have some success. 
Um, because I think you can still win a GPP without playing it for sure. I mean, the Pirates and the Royals have 13 runs, and the, it's the sixth inning, so anything is possible. Um, Ooh, it is baseball. Uh, like, it's baseball. I mean, you know, the Phillies put up 15 hits and 13 runs on Tuesday. Like, the baseball variance is so high. I, I mean, like, anybody that is a part of the NASCAR package knows how much I talk about, like, NASCAR variance and how high it is. Baseball's right up there too. Mike Trout against the worst pitcher in baseball can still go over four. So, I mean, anything can happen in baseball. So that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. Appreciate everyone listening. Good luck in your contests and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.